All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. Maybe not a happy Thursday. It looks like that $1.7 trillion for a lot of people, money we shouldn't be spending, is going to pass the House and Senate. Yes, Senate Republicans have helped Democrats pass this money. And there is all sorts of Christmas trees and special interest products tucked into this. And there are some amazing stories on the website this morning that you should take a look at. If you want to understand what your government is doing, then check out the Just a New site today because there are some pretty extraordinary things. One of them is there is money in this large appropriations bill to help 13 foreign countries build a border wall, but prohibits our country from doing anything to enhance its security at the border. Senate Republicans made that possible. There are a lot of other things in here. I'm going to get to them in a second. I want to get to other headlines today. There's a lot of important spot news today. A big follow-up to the big story we broke yesterday on the show about Nancy Pelosi being involved in the failed security planning for January 6th. But first, let me tell you who's on the show. We've got a triple special for you. It's really, really great stuff. At the top end, we have Congressman Chip Roy, one of the most important voices trying to stop the $1.7 trillion bill. He called out his own party, particularly those in the Senate Republican. He's working on a plan to punish those Republicans who enable the suspending next year. He's going to join us to tell us some of the things in the bill, why it's wrong, and why the bureaucrats, the very bureaucrats who censored American opinion on Twitter, the very bureaucrats who are making actions to chip away at the Second Amendment, the very bureaucrats who were involved in many of the false stories of the last year, Ukraine impeachment, Russia collusion. Those bureaucrats win big in this bill, which means you and your civil liberties lose big in this bill. And Chip Roy, more than anyone else, is going to bring that great congressman from Texas. He's going to join us at the top of the show. Then last night, another Texas congressman was on the TV show. It was such a powerful moment. Congressman Troy Nels, the man who originally told us the Democrats had a lot to hide on January 6th, he reacted to the news we broke on the show yesterday, that there are text and email messages. So Nancy Pelosi's staff were involved in the planning of that failed security that let us all down on January 6th. Again, this doesn't exonerate any of the 
yahoos who raided the Capitol, committed crimes, assaulted police officers. They all deserve what they get for doing that. But it does bring into light that there were failures on the planning and security and intelligence side. And Nancy Pelosi tried to pretend she wasn't part of it. Now we can prove she was. So that's a very important moment in this process today. Troy Nell's had some very powerful statements to make, and I want you to hear exactly what he said, because he wrote a book this past summer that Democrats and the media mocked. He was right. He said the Democrats were in on the security planning and they don't want you to know about it. And again, it's a failure. It wasn't a conspiracy. It was a failure. But it's a failure that they've gotten away two years of denying and running from. They can't run from it anymore. Troy Nels will get us up to speed on that. And then we're going to finish with AMAC Thursday. It's AMAC Thursday. I love having conversations with my good friends at AMAC. Andy Mangione, vice president, head of the efforts at AMAC Action. He's here to tell us what some of the statistical impact of the AMAC Army was, what grassroots made a difference, whether it was at the Disney Company whether it was in the Congress, whether it was in the state legislature, whether it was in the state house where Governor Ron DeSantis is. Lots of different memories of what happened in 2022 because what happened at the grassroots level in 22, when you think about AMAC and Heritage Action, it's one of the most successful years in conservative grassroots history. And it gives momentum to conservatives who want to go do something different in 2023. And so we're not only going to ask Andy about what they succeeded at and give you some pretty impressive numbers and stories so you can understand how grassroots works, how calling Congress, how pressuring Disney made a specific difference. Things happened as a result of you, the American people, weighing in. We're also going to talk about what is the grown-up Christmas wish list for next year, meaning what are some of the issues that AMAC citizens, American patriots, want to accomplish in next year's legislative cycle. And that means at the state house, the federal level, at the corporate world, and Andy Mangione, he's going to give us the lowdown on what to expect next year. That's going to be a big moment as well. Expect Social Security to be on that list. I bet it will be. All right. Now let's get you to the headlines. As I told you, the revotes are going down in the Senate. The Republicans have all but enabled the flip to occur. Yes, the $1.7 trillion is going to pass. Chip Roy is going to tell you about that in a second. But I want to get you to a couple of other stories that are there. And one of them is an unusual story. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by it. When the House January 6th Democratic-led, Liz Cheney-led committee made its referral to the Justice Department to recommend that they prosecute Donald Trump, immediately there were experts who said, this is a problem. Alan Dershowitz said it. You're going to hear from him over the weekend. It's just not going to be accepted. Matt Whitaker said he'd throw it out in a second. A lot of current and former Justice Department officials said, this is so poorly done, the DOJ will say thank you and put it in the garbage circular. But I didn't expect this dynamic, but my colleague at Justin News, Madeline Hubbard, picked up on it. It's very important. There are a bunch of Senate Democrats, many of them in purple-blue states or purple-red states, who believe what just happened is a bad precedent. Chris Murphy from Connecticut. I think it's okay to have a high bar when it comes to bringing charges against the former president, he said, and that the House may have lowered it too low for this referral. Tim Kaine of Virginia, who ran as Hillary Clinton's VP, was a former DNC chair. He has a very realistic concern that prosecuting Trump could lead to a backlash and be bad for the Justice Department, be bad for the Americans. When there's bad behavior, there's no consequence. It tends to encourage more bad behavior. In addition to just looking at the evidence, you have to weigh both of those factors. Richard Blumenthal, another Connecticut guy, said the committee shouldn't be able to dictate what the Justice Department can do. 
And that is something that I think is really important. Multiple Democrats in the Senate saying, my, our colleagues in the House, well, they might have been, well, a little rush uh, over their heat skis on this one. That is something I'm hearing. For every Democrat who said it aloud with their name attached, I've heard others saying the same thing. They just don't want to say it on the record. That is a very important dynamic as well. And so we have all of that. Take a look at Check It, Madeline's story. It's a really good story. It has a lot of impact. As we mentioned to you yesterday, the text messages showed that Nancy Pelosi's story, the one she gave us in February 2021, she couldn't have influenced security because she had no power over the Capitol Police. Not true. That's what the text messages show. Her staff was shaping the plan, meeting with the directors, editing it, actually, in one case. And when the fateful moment came to finally go get the National Guard, she's the one who approved it. If she didn't have any authority, why was she the approver? Well, that story is resonating. Her story has unraveled. But the more bigger picture story is the more we learn about the Capitol Police from the documents I made public this summer, the more we learn about Nancy Pelosi. We learn that despite the bad behavior of the rioters, they are criminals. No way to say it. They did criminal things. The breach, the actual loss of control of the Capitol, it probably was preventable. And I think that is the big storyline that we're beginning to absorb. And you're going to hear that from Troy Nels in a few minutes, a very important thing. Now, in the omnibus bill that funds all this border security for other nations, there are 13 foreign nations that get to have their border walls aided by U.S. tax dollars, but not in America. Actually, it's prohibited in Napping America. Great story from my colleague Nick Ballacy on Capitol Hill. And then finally, because you're going to hear from him in a second, Chip Roy has put out a list of all of the 55 earmarks that Republicans are now going to facilitate have being coming law, being spent millions of dollars being spent. Here are some of them. $105,000 for a mentoring program for LGBTQ youth at Big Brothers Big Sisters of Pittsburgh. $1 million for Zora's House, a co-working and community space built by and for women and gender expansive people of color in Ohio. $500,000 to the Long Island Gay and Lesbian Youth Incorporated. $1.2 million for Centers for to Support LBGTQ Students in California's San Diego Community College District. $113,520 to the LGBTQ Greater Center of Greater Reading, Pennsylvania. Okay, uh, you're starting to see here everybody rewarded the Democratic constituencies in their home base. $750,000 for New York based in our own Voices, Inc., aiming to strengthen the voices of LGBTQ people. These are what are known as rifle shots, earmarks. $663,000 for the New York Historical Society. $250,000 for Wisconsin's first in the nation. Gay rights law book and archives. We're funding books and archives. $1.3 million for workforce development activities at a climate change education center in L.A. $3 million for a clean energy workforce development project in New York. Well, there you go. Who did that? Senators Gillibrand. Pet Project, 200000 for the Rhode Island. AFL-CIO's Climate Jobs Workforce Training. All of the constituencies, $875,000 for Clarkson University. $400,000 for at-risk young adults for in the green jobs industry. $2 million for community-driven air quality justice at the University of Illinois. Universities, special advocacy groups getting huge amounts of money, $10 million for the state of Hawaii to have a zero emission bus program. Special interests got earmarks in this bill and you're paying for them. Whether you agree with them or not, you're paying for them. There were scores of solar projects, pet projects for people. Everybody and everybody in the Democratic Party who wanted a special interest project, they got it. Brooklyn, California, New York, Sacramento, you name it, Hawaii, State University of Washington, 
They all won. Those earmarks used to be dead. They're alive and well. Democrats clearly were the ones who revived them, but those who facilitated them were Republicans in the Senate. Don't forget those Senate Republicans. They voted against the values of their party in doing this. That's something you're going to hear from Chip Roy in just a few minutes. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Congressman Chip Roy, followed by Congressman Troy Nelson, finishing up with AMAC Thursday and our good friend Andy Mangione. A great show. Back to back to back right after these commercial messages. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. 
we all are beginning to absorb the insanity of what's inside this $1.7 trillion spending bill. There has been no more eloquent, persistent voice in fighting this spending, including his own party, people like Mitch McConnell, than our next guest, Congressman Chip Roy from the great state of Texas. Congressman, great to have you on the show today. Great to be on. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and to your listeners. Uh, sorry, not delivering better news. We thought we might be able to force a CR instead of doing this terrible omnibus spending bill, but it looks like the Senate Republicans are going to... Uh, Stick it to the American people for Christmas and uh, vote this bill through. It is pretty darn amazing. And I want to just ask you about Mitch McConnell for a second, because I did a little math this weekend. 20 years ago, next month, he'll have been a Senate leader for 20 years. He was named Whip in 2003, majority, minority leader, back and forth since then. When he took over, the federal debt was a total of $6.3 trillion. Today, it's just about to hit $32 trillion in the next fiscal year. 80 plus percent of all the debt in the entire American history's history of this country have occurred on Mitch McConnell's leadership watch. Is he a fiscal conservative? Clearly not. Uh, Mitch McConnell is an appropriator. Mitch McConnell has always been an appropriator. Mitch McConnell has never really cared about uh, fiscal um, uh, responsibility and making sure that we hold the line on spending. Uh, He'll give lip service to it it, like virtually every Republican. Uh, But look, that's just the truth. I mean, I have nothing against him personally. Uh, You know, like he's a polio survivor, just like my dad is. I got a lot of things that I respect about Mitch McConnell and his stance on the First Amendment and, you know, some of the fights on judges. But at the end of the day, right, our country is bleeding to death, spending money we don't have. And the problem here is not just the debt that's piling up. It's that we're paying and we're funding the bureaucrats who are going after the American people. In this bill that these Republicans are going to jam through and vote for over the will of the American people is a plus up in spending to the FBI, including a new headquarters. There's more money for the Department of Homeland Security with specific language that prohibits the use of that money to secure the border, rather only to be used for processing more people. There is a raft of earmark spending on all manners of woke garbage, 105,000 for a mentoring program for LGBTQ youth, a million for Zora's house, a co-working community space uh, for gender uh, expansive people of color, half a million dollars for Long Island gay and lesbian youth. I could go through a list, I've tweeted them all out. That's what's in this bill. And they don't care. Yeah, it is extraordinary. And I want to ask you about another dynamic, because most Americans don't understand what the power of the purse does for leverage. Republicans were put in charge in January. The Senate Republicans have now allowed the House Republicans to not have any say on a whole the whole first year of fiscal budget on their watch. All the leverage that you might have in many of these investigations that people want to do is gone because you've divided government. Now you don't even have the power of the purse to threaten with until September. How big an impact does this have on the oversight efforts of the House in the beginning of the year? It's massive. I mean, it can't even be overstated. So we're going to go have show hearings now to be able to haul people in with a limited power, by the way, over how far you can actually use subpoenas. To force people in, to force the administration to answer some questions. Look, will the great, you know, you know, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, will he force a lot of tough questions out of the FBI and out of the Attorney General? And will we go after some folks at DHS? And will we highlight all of the, the stuff going on in collusion with the, the uh, National School Board Association to target parents as terrorists? Sure, we will do, do that to the best of our ability. But if you don't have the hammer of appropriations, man, you don't have much of a hammer. So now we've reset and, and, and set the spending levels at new levels with a whole lot of Democrat priorities. And that is now the level through September with no leverage until September 30th. And then I promise you, we're going to be facing probably a continuing resolution heading into the presidential election year that just maintains the current spending levels because it'll be very hard to force a spending fight 
next August and September, given what the Senate has done to us. It is unconscionable. It is indefensible. I will debate any senator anywhere who votes for this about how they can defend their vote for this bill that gives $47 billion check to Ukraine while not allowing us to secure our own border. It is, it is unbelievable what they're doing. A lot of Americans, and I've seen them on Twitter, are really saluting you because you're one of the few Republicans willing to hold your own party to account for the values that they have in their stated party values, but they don't exercise them when they're in the Senate. What can the House do in the next year to send a message to all those senators who enabled the passage of this bill? Well, look, and I've suggested, and look, I'm open to ideas or whatever. It's not revenge. It's like, like there are friends of mine who are going to vote for this. And my former boss, uh, Senator Cornyn, is going to vote for this, I think. We'll see this afternoon. I don't begrudge any of them personally. It's hard. This is not easy. I'm looking at people that I, that I respect on other matters, but they're, but they're failing us on this vote. And I cannot abide it. So some of us are saying, look, we're not going to vote for any of your pet projects when you send your bills over here to the House next year. You guys are sticking it to us, making it to where we can't do our job. Then how on earth can I, in good conscience, vote for whatever your, your pet project is, even if it's decent policy? Like, you don't get to chalk up wins and then just ignore what you did by supporting this bill. That's my position. Uh, I, I say it you know, somewhat respectfully, but at the end of the day, uh, this is an unacceptable uh, play by Senate Republicans. In the false name of defense and national security, they are mortgaging our future on the backs of the men and women in uniform. I'm tired of them doing it, and we need to call them out for it. Yeah, I think the American people are tired of it, too. I think that's why there's so many people rallying around the approach you took to this by speaking out and calling out your own party first, knowing what the Democrats were going to try. We get into the new year. What is your most important priority? We're going to get this. This is going to be a disaster of a spending bill. But after that, where do Republicans start to make a difference for the American people that just put them in charge in the House? Well, the first thing you got to do is is engage in having serious oversight on 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 obviously the abuses of the FBI and collusion and trampling trampling on free speech, uh, the Department of Homeland Security and what they're doing with the border and highlighting all the fraud that's going on there and, and talking about Mayorkas's failures and ensuring that we go after the uh, NIH, FDA, CDC nonsense uh, in hearings. Now, those are all just hearings. Then the question is, is what do we do? And I think we need to be very real about setting the stage for the appropriations fight next year. We ought to pass an appropriations defense bill that's a good bill and send it to the Senate. We ought to pass um, other good uh, spending bills, send it to the Senate, make them be the ones rejecting it so they can't claim that we're shutting the government down, make them eat it. We ought to pass an automatic CR that will kick in on September 30th at a haircut at 95% or so, make them eat that and vote against that. We ought to use the debt ceiling for leverage to force structural reforms on spending. And we damn well ought to pass a good border security bill make the Senate eat it, and then use that at every point we can as leverage to push back on the, on the recalcitrant Democrats in the Senate. Yeah, and I want to get your take on one thing, because you are one of the most important voices on the border as well. In addition to fiscal sanity, Cinema Tester have this amendment. They claim they were trying to do something good for the border. Do you think the Cinema Tester amendment did anything good for the border? No, and it went down in flames uh, it, 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 in the vote about an hour ago. Um, they were doing that amendment literally as cover so that Cinema and Manchin and Tester could not vote for Mike Lee's Title 42 amendment, which would have been better, although not great. Senator Mike Lee was trying to make a point with that amendment. Title 42 is an actual border security, and we shouldn't pretend that it is. But his point was, Title 42 is expiring and leaving us exposed. You guys are doing nothing, so I'm offering an amendment. It failed 47 to 50. The Cinema uh, Tester amendment failed, like, I don't know, 10 to not 80-something. Um, it, it was all a sham, because this town is a sham. 
they're going to send the bill over. Now they're all trying to book their flights and get out and get home for Christmas. And, and uh, you know, Merry Christmas, America. You got $1.7 trillion, more debt, more uh, deficit spending, and uh, wide open borders that this bill will do nothing to address. You worried that inflation is going to get worse from all this additional spending? It certainly can't help. I mean, you know, obviously the Fed's, you know, doing what they're doing with rates and, and trying to, to, to deal with the monetary policy side of things, but dumping a whole bunch of money uh, and spending all of that was part of, was the cause of inflation in the first place. Government causes inflation. And that's what they're doing now. They're going to, you know, at least make it worse. But the bigger real, the real issue is we're just throwing money around uh, to bureaucrats that are targeting Americans, whether it's the FBI, whether it's the ATF, whether it's DHS. Uh, and, and we're throwing $47 billion additional to Ukraine without any real serious accountability uh, and knowing exactly what the outcome of that's going to be, uh, while we don't even uh, handle our own business. It's no way to do uh, the work of the people. And uh, frankly, the Senate Republicans who are voting for this, they should be ashamed. There is no excuse for it, period. There is none, and the American people are wise to it. They're not getting snookered on this one, mostly because you've been such an important voice. So I know how busy are you running to a vote. Thank you for the time today. Thank you for what you've done to fight for the American people, and we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. God bless. God bless you, sir. All right, folks, we'll be right back after these commercial messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Over the last few months, we've had a certain lawmaker on this show. He wrote this book and he said, hey, there are things Democrats didn't want America to know. And you're going to find out about them. He started to expose them in this book. Congressman Troy Nels, he's joining us in the studio. Congressman, a great honor to have you here. Merry Christmas early. John, it's good to be with you. Good to be with you, Amanda. It's, it's a real honor. And this book set the, I think, to set the stage for this extraordinary report today. Nancy Pelosi was in the know. Her staff was directly involved. And yet she stood in front of the cameras in February of 2021 saying, I have no power over security. I had nothing to do with this. Now the American people know the truth. They do. Uh, and again, thank you, John, for having me. And it's uh, the book. It's, it's 10 chapters, but chapter nine does talk about 
obviously everything related to January 6th. Uh, Leader McCarthy asked me to be one of the uh, uh, one of the five, you know, Jim Jordan, Jim Banks, myself, Kelly Armstrong, Rodney Davis. And then what did Nancy Pelosi do, folks? Nancy Pelosi rejected us. It was the first time in the history of Congress that a speaker rejects a minority leader's picks to be on a select committee. So I had to lay it out in the book. It's been endorsed by Donald Trump. It's all about truth, folks. And, and this report, uh, Jim Banks, a great man, a great American. I think this report is going to be shocking for most Americans that are still interested in January 6th. The sham committee, John, the sham committee isn't being truthful uh, with the American people, and we need to expose them for their, their just their, their bad behavior uh, throughout this last several months with this January 6th committee. Yeah, that they do. Yeah, Congressman, and you know, this report I think is extremely important because the American people, uh, it, they have the right to know what led up to this, but also January 4th and January 2nd are pertinent dates and they, they pertain to those documents sitting in front of you. Can you talk to our audience about that? Sure. Obviously, there's there's some characters that people need to become familiar with, specifically Paul Irving. He was the House Sergeant at Arms. And I believe Paul Irving, he was communicating with Nancy Pelosi. It's in the report. I believe that he was, you know, everybody wants to talk about why was the National Guard not there until 5 p.m. on January 6th? Why were they delayed? Because Paul, Paul Irving was waiting to get advice and guidance from the leadership. That leadership was Nancy Pelosi. And we expose it all in this report. We expose it in the book. And Paul Irving knew the, the leadership of the Capitol Police, specifically the intelligence section, they failed the American people and they failed the 1,840 personnel of the Capitol Police because they had all the intelligence. These special event assessments, special events assessments, December 15th, December 30th, January 3rd, and that assessment, and I have copies of it. I have copies of the assessment right here. That January 3rd assessment, Paul Irving knew about it on January 4th, and the assessment said it. It's clear. Page 12 of the 14. Capital was the target. High propensity for violence. Extremist groups, white supremacist groups, they're all going to be there. And they didn't do anything with it. Paul Irving knew this on January 4th. Why didn't the National Guard, they should have been on the nation's capital on January 4th? It is an amazing story. And one of the things, Congressman, you and your colleagues did is you went out and you talked to the frontline officers. There are numerous whistleblowers identified in this report, and they all tell the same story. We weren't allowed to plan for security. We were told that optics was more important, that Nancy Pelosi and the people around her were worried about the optics of armed police officers, uh, armed National Guard. And so rather than put the security that the security assessment called for, they were told optics are going to rain that day. That's a fateful decision that the American people have been kept from, haven't they? It's almost like there were individuals within this, within the uh, current administration that wanted this to happen. All the intelligence was there. And what did they have? What did they have? They had bicycle racks. They knew thousands upon thousands of people were going to come up into that reflection area. And what did they have to stop them? Bicycle racks. The bicycle rack couldn't keep your cat in your yard. And they all knew this. And then they just had people coming in. The reporter also exposes, Paul Irving even says it uh, in some of his text messages, that he's really, really disappointed in the U.S. 
U.S. Capitol Police because they were ushering people. They were just letting people inside the Capitol. The American people aren't hearing any of this from the sham committee. They're just hearing from Benny Thompson, Liz Cheney, and Adam Kensinger. Bye-bye. You're out of here on January 3rd. We won't see you anymore. They want to blame Donald Trump for all this. Folks, the American people, this is not Donald Trump's fault. It's not Donald Trump's fault. It's a leadership of the Capitol Police for not sharing the intelligence with anybody, and then their officers were left unprepared. Congressman, this this report is exhaustive. You and your colleagues, Jim Jordan, Jim Banks, you guys did an excellent job uh, putting so much of this information out there. I wanted to ask you, though, for, for a long time, ever since January of, tw- of 2021, uh, there have been these thousands of hours of footage that no one has been able to see. Uh, I know that there is so much jam-packed into this report, but are there still questions for you guys left unanswered? And have you been afforded the opportunity to review that footage? I certainly hope so. I hope we have access to the thousands of hours of video footage. Why don't we have it there? The January 6th committee is just showing footage of the worst parts of the day. They're not showing how calm and cool and collective many thousands, hundreds, if not thousands of people inside the building that day were. I tell you, I give tours to people. They could have destroyed the inside of that building. They broke a few windows. They didn't knock down monuments. They didn't do any of it. Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to talk about that because, believe it or not, they were Trump supporters inside that building that didn't harm anyone, didn't touch anything, didn't destroy anything, and now they want to prosecute them all. So I believe it is incumbent upon uh, Speaker McCarthy, and I believe he will be the Speaker, uh, Speaker McCarthy, to make sure that that we just don't totally ignore January 6th. Give us an opportunity to look at some of these uh, events and look at some of the video footage, and, and I believe we should also look a little bit at some of the people, uh, the single person that was killed that day by Capitol Police, and that was Ashley Babbitt. Yeah, a lot of unanswered mm-hmm. questions about the officer, his background. I think we're going to learn more in 2023 about that. So I want to ask two very pointed questions. I think most Americans have this on their mind. The first is, was this attack preventable if security had been done the right way? And two, should Nancy Pelosi in the new Congress be hauled before a committee and forced to testify? Yes and yes. And and January 6th should have never happened. I spoke to Major General Walker. He was then the D.C. National Guard commander. I had an opportunity to talk to him a couple of times. I said, General, when you look at that January 3rd assessment and you see that the extremist groups, the violence was going to be there, the Capitol was the target, the National Guard would have been on our nation's Capitol on January 4th, like this, like the evidence and the intelligence, you know, uh, recommended. Uh, January 6th would have never happened. And he agreed. He said if his men would have been here on January 4th, January 6th would have never, ever happened. And Nancy Pelosi, you do have questions that, that you need to answer. But you know what? What did Benny Thompson say? Benny Thompson told us right away, Nancy Pelosi is off limits. No questions for Nancy Pelosi. Nancy, we'll get you. We'll fly you back from Italy. Once you're the ambassador. (laughs) Seems like you know something there. (laughs) Yeah. John and I have talked a lot about how there are some folks who I think with Republicans in the majority need to book some long term hotel rooms in Washington, D.C., Nancy Pelosi being one of them. I wanted to ask you, though, you know, in uh, in nearly every topic on Capitol Hill, there are two competing narratives. uh, And this is no different as far as January 6th. You have the January 6th committee who announced criminal referrals against President Trump. Uh, What do you expect? to transpire from those? Will they be accepted by the DOJ? And how how will that affect President Trump and his run in 2024? 
Well, that's exactly what the January 6th was made up of. Nothing but a bunch of anti-Trumpers. The, the January 6th committee is not about seeking truth. It's about Donald Trump and keeping him off the ballot in 2024 because they know in a free and fair election they can't beat him. So they want to get him off the ballot. They figure an indictment uh, will even make things more difficult for him. And very possibly the American people will say now that he's been indicted. But Donald Trump is not to blame for January 6th. They'll probably find some ambitious prosecutor up here to indict him on a few of those charges and this and that. But in the end, Donald Trump will prevail because January 6th is not Donald Trump's fault. We lay it out in our report. I lay it out in the book and the American people need to see it. They need to see it uh, because January 6th is not Donald Trump's fault. And he's going to win. He's going to win in 2024. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. You know what day it is. It's AMAC Thursday, one of my favorite moments of the week. An opportunity to focus on issues that really matter at the dinner table, at the water cooler, at the boardroom, in your wallet. And joining us today, my good friend, Andy Mangione, AMAC Actions Vice President. And we're going to give you a little scoop today. You're going to get something a little bit early because you're on the John Solomon Reports podcast before Christmas. Andy's going to tell us a little bit about some of the things AMAC actually got done this year. Andy, welcome back to the show. My pleasure, John. Thank you. We talk all the time. I mean, AMAC is this extraordinary army of American patriots, people engaging and helping. They're doing election monitoring. They're contacting their lawmakers. They are engaged not only for their own personal interests, but for the interests of this great country. And you and I were talking offline a little bit ago. Some of the achievements, some of the breath, the penetration, the impact is is really breathtaking. I know you're putting together next year's annual report. Tell us a little bit about what you're finding about what AMAC Action created in action. Well, I tell you, all the credit goes to our members, John. They do the heavy lifting. We coordinate this activity through call to action campaigns and email blasts, but they are the ones who respond. And to kick off, you know, to kick off this conversation, uh, we ran 64 calls to action in 2022. Our members were so engaged. They left over 300,000 messages. Those are email messages, telephone calls, comments for the United States Congress, for state legislatures across the country, on regulatory websites, and corporate executives in 2022. It's just, it's a huge number. I mean, and that, let me tell you, I've been, I covered Capitol Hill for 30 years. That many people call, lawmakers are listening. 
Yes, they do. Absolutely. And again, and we got some significant stuff done based on this engagement from our members. That's I mean, give us some of the things where impact happened, right? You not only did you get through and you had that conversation and you let that message through, but Congress actually took action. Congress took action and regulatory websites took action. Uh, probably one of the biggest uh, can, uh, the, one of the biggest policy victories we've had occurred in June of 2022. Uh, this was an ongoing campaign. The Federal Trade Commission, John, opened up their website. They opened up a website, and what they wanted to hear from was from people uh, who had uh, dealings with pharmacy benefit managers. Now, AMAC has been involved in this pharmacy benefit manager anti-competitive business practice issue for about four years. We believe that these PBMs on their anti-competitive business practices drive up the cost of drugs. And it's not just a belief. There's documentation that, that this occurs. So uh, the FTC opened up their website. They wanted to hear from people about how PBMs impact their lives. And they knew they were going to hear from doctors. They knew they were going to hear from pharmacists, but they really wanted to hear from the patient. So this, uh, they opened up their website in March, and they kept it open through May. Well, uh, AMAC members, uh, when, when the comments closed in May, comprised over 72% of all comments left. They've left over 17,000 comments telling the FTC how these PBM anti-competitive business practices impact their lives. A couple of weeks later in June, the FTC announced that they would be investigating the top six PBMs, uh, their, their anti-competitive business practices, and they kept citing the volume of messages and comments they received. So we'd like to think we had a big part in, in, in nudging the FTC to look at these business practices. That is amazing. And that is democracy, constitutional republic in action. The people engaging with their leaders and getting something done that benefits us all. That's a remarkable story. One of the things that I hear a lot about when I talk to members, you have these meet and greets, sometimes they're virtual, sometimes they're in prison, but you sort of facilitate a personal connection between lawmakers or future lawmakers and their constituents that are AMAC action members. Tell us a little bit about how successful that is. You do it quite often, if I understand correctly. We do. And they're usually there's usually an up an uptick in activity in an election year. And as you know, 2022 was an election year. Uh, we organized, and this is through our volunteer AMAC delegates and volunteer AMAC chapters and chapter leaders, 21 meet and greets with members of Congress. Now, two of those meet and greets were with candidates, but they were elected. So I'm going to go ahead, John, and count them. Okay. So what these, I mean, it's an opportunity for these, these members of Congress to connect with AMAC members who are their constituents. Most of these, and most of them were done in person, John. That's amazing. Jeez, that's great. What an amazing thing. Now, you have the in-person meetings, and then you have your own government relations team. You touch a lot of members every year, hundreds of members every year, don't you? Absolutely. We have a full-time presence in Washington, D.C. I am fortunate enough to represent the membership in Washington, along with our, our full-time representation. And in 2022, we met with 265 congressional offices in Washington, D.C. So you can see what we're trying to do here. Our AMAC delegates and our AMAC chapters and chapter leaders are touching members of Congress and you know, in the field as constituents, as well as generating fellowship among AMAC members, learning about the issues, bringing in candidates to talk, which completely, and if I may say, superbly complements what we're doing in Washington. Because it's been on more than one occasion when we walk into a, a D.C. office, of a member of Congress, and they say, oh, yeah, 
you know, John Solomon's our delegate, and uh, we we uh, he meets with us when when we're out of you know when we're out of session and we're back in the district, and that's that's exactly how our advocacy is supposed to work. Boy, that's fantastic! One of my favorite moments, and actually one of my favorite shows, is back in October when we talked about how many AMAC members got trained and went out and made sure that. Everyone got to vote easy and no one was cheating. All that election watching, all that election participation. Tell us and remind everybody first, how many people did this to benefit their communities and the ultimate outcome? And there was a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement about what you, the army that you put out there to make sure we had elections with integrity. And thank you, Jennifer, for referring them to an army because that's a Dan Weber quote right there. He wanted an <laughs> AMAC army, okay, in the field. Now, we launched a year-long uh, campaign back in January, starting when we when we recognized uh, National Poll Worker Recruitment Day, and we work with the Election Assistance Commission. Okay, and uh, we have been encouraging our members to get involved above and beyond voting, but to work the polls as a poll observer or an election worker, and through all the way right up to about a week or so before the election, when people could still get credentialed to work the polls, we drove 12,000 of our members. It was over 12,000 of our members to election, uh, to poll worker, uh, election watcher websites, uh, recruiting websites to work the polls in, in states throughout the country. And let me tell you, in some of these states, they experienced a 90% coverage rate. Uh, in the Georgia uh, runoff, unfortunately, didn't go the way that we wanted to. Some precincts were reporting 100% coverage. So there was a huge uptick, a huge presence of conservative scrutiny on the midterm and the primary elections this year. And we're going to build on that for 2024. It's just an amazing thing. And it's such a great form of civic engagement. And it's going to inspire. This is what I, I predict this will happen. It's going to inspire younger generations to do the same thing. When they see mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and others going out there and doing it, they'll realize, hey, this is a great legacy to follow in to make elections occur in such a way that we all have confidence in it. And we stop doubting the results because we, we've got eyes on everything that's going on. And I, I just think I, well, all the things I heard in the year and all the things we talked about over the last three, four months. A lot of people have reacted to the extraordinary presence of the AMAC Action Army in the election field. And that, that's one of the great legacies of this year. I know people are going to remember you had a moment in the middle of this year where the voices <laughs> of AMAC stood up to one of the great corporate titans in the world, Walt Disney World, right? And all of their woke policies. By the end of the year, there is a big change. The old CEO is brought back and the woke CEO was put into retirement. Pretty impactful set of months in taking on Disney and trying to tell companies, stay in your business lane, get out of politics. John, our members were outraged when Walt Disney decided to take on Governor Ron DeSantis and his support of parental rights. We never had a corporate advocacy campaign before. Well, that changed in April of this year. We launched a campaign that allowed our members to directly contact Walt Disney Company's executives, all the C-suites and board members, to let them exactly know how they felt about their woke policies. Well, John, 140,000 plus telephone calls and emails were made in a very short period of time. And you mentioned, well, John, you mentioned how the CEO left. Two weeks after our campaign was launched, Disney fired their executive in charge of community affairs. Now, I'd like to think that we had a little something to do with that. I'm going to guess 140,000 contacts is going to make something big happen. That's incredible. It's so important. I think it reminds people. 
a lot of times there is this natural tendency for all of us because we're busy in life and we look at Washington, we roll our eyes all the time that we don't make a difference. We can't make a difference. Washington's going to do whatever it's going to do. Corporate titans are going to do whatever they do. But all of these stories that we're telling today actually reinforces the fact that people at the grassroots level, people who actually care about their country, when they bond together and they get to use the incredible tools like AMAC has, like that phone switchboard and other things, you really can make a difference. Washington will bend to the will of a well-organized grassroots campaign. I think more people need to get that confidence because there's ways to change this government and our corporate America in ways big and small if people just get more and more involved. John, you're absolutely right. Citizen advocacy is extremely powerful, and we preach that every day at AMAC Action. We yell it from the mountaintops, and uh, as we are constantly recruiting our volunteer delegates and our volunteer chapter leaders and people that want to join uh, AMAC chapters throughout the country, we let them know just exactly how powerful their voice is, particularly as a local uh, constituent. When they walk into that local district office of their member of Congress as a constituent first and an AMAC member second, it's very powerful. And we hear, we know it is because we hear about it when we're in their office in D.C. But make no mistake, citizen advocacy is empowering and it makes a difference. It's one of the great lessons. Seeing is believing. I think people are starting to see, wow, we change that. When you can take on the big pharma companies and have an impact on the anti-competitive practices, when you can send a message to election officials that eyes are on this election, when you can reach out to lawmakers and do the things that you're doing on a daily basis. And we can tell Walt Disney World, get your act together and something happens. Seeing becomes believing. And I think 2022 for conservatives was a year where grassroots action really convinced people, hey, we might be able to make a difference. We got to get back in the game. I think that was one of the big headlines of 2022. All right. So we had a good year, made some differences. 2023, where is AMAC going to put its muscle at the beginning of the year? Well, you know, we, we think now, you know, one of the foundational issues uh, that, that, that caused Dan Weber to form AMAC 15 years ago was the solvency of Social Security. And we have been talking about our Social Security guarantee, our plan uh, that makes Social Security solvent. And we believe that with a divided, co- uh, with a divided Congress um, and a president that may be concerned with a legacy, that we might have a shot at having meaningful, reasonable discussion with Congress about uh, addressing the insolvency issue. We've got about 10 years, maybe a little more depending on who you talk to. CBO says about 10 years before the principle of Social Security becomes exhausted and the program reverts to a cash-in, cash-out basis, and that's not sustainable. And they keep kicking the can down the road. So, we're, we're I mean, we're going to hit them hot. We're going to hit them heavy with Social Security. And also, uh, we're looking at polling that still suggests that the cost of prescription drugs, which is an issue, as I mentioned earlier, that we've been advocating for, uh, advocating on uh, since 2018, maybe maybe before then, uh, that the majority of Republicans are concerned with the cost of prescription drugs. And, and you know what? It, that, that The survey addressed Republicans, but this is a bipartisan issue. So we think early on, we're going to hit them with a one-two punch of Social Security solvency, and we're going to continue to press. We're going to build on the success we had at the FTC. There's legislation out there that you and I have talked about before that hopefully will be reintroduced that will hold these PBMs even more accountable. The reason we focus on pharmacy benefit managers, because this is it's not the end-all, be-all, but it could affect a 20 to 25% reduction across the board in the cost of prescription drugs. 
costs, which is why we're, we, we are running with this issue. There's other ways to lower costs, but we think this is a logical place to start, and we think that the timing is right, and the composition of Congress is such that we could have some great conversation about both issues. Wow, those are brilliant, brilliant conversations. And I've been thinking, and you know, from Gen X up, I think all of us grew up in America where we could never have imagined we would reach a moment in our country where a government agency like the FBI or a big tech company that represents a large swath of America would feel empowered to say, we're going to pick what speech gets to be free and what speech gets to be censored. And AMAC has had some of the most powerful voices in the last few months decrying the censorship and really arguing to people that the way to deal with disputes in the digital era isn't less speech, it's more speech. What might AMAC be able to do in mobilizing its army to get more people educated, why free speech is so important, why it was the First Amendment, and why we don't want the FBI, the Homeland Security Department, or big tech companies deciding whose voices get heard and whose get suffocated? John, it's, it's a combination of things. Now, not, not to break my arm patting myself on the back, but we'd like to think we've done a nice job of delving, delving into this PBM issue because it's complex, but our members get it. And they get it because we've had more than one call to action to Congress to support legislation. We've explained what the legislation does and how these anti-competitive business practices affect the cost of drugs. We use the same model for other issues like the free speech issue. We can continue with our calls to action. We write tons and tons of op-eds. We send out email blasts. We are constantly educating our members. Then we turn to the AMAC Army, John. We give the issue and, 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 and presentations and other materials to our delegates that, to walk into congressional offices, as well as our chapter leaders to talk to the AMAC membership at large about why this issue is important. That's one of the reasons we start chapters. Uh, we form chapters across the country, is to educate people on the issues along with uh, them enjoying fellowship, along with getting together with like-minded people uh, and listening to uh, you know candidates that are running for office, current office holders. But a lot of you know, the major thrust for our chapter formation is education on the issues. So we attack it from, from a Washington level, from a grassroots level, and we're constantly refining our materials to make available to not only our, our advocates, but the membership at large so they can educate themselves on exactly what you just described with regard to the free speech issue. Such an important approach. And by the way, an approach that has a proven record of winning. And I think that's what makes AMAC so powerful an opportunity for people who want to join. One last moment, because this was a fun moment back in August. The Patriot Award came out. You picked a pretty big name for your Patriot Award winner this year. <laughs> We sure did. Okay, we felt we, we we've been watching. You know, we're we're a Florida company. Uh, AMAC Action has our office in Central Florida. The AMAC Foundation is located in Florida. Um, AMAC itself was founded in Florida. So uh, you know, we we have offices in, in in you know on Long Island and offices in New Mexico as well. And I think we're up in Las Vegas now with a call center. But um, we're a Florida organization, and we wanted to recognize Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for for all the arrows he took from Disney and the pressure that he felt. And we wanted to recognize him for honoring parental rights, for honoring the premise of our mission statement, which is faith, family, and freedom. And we awarded him the AMAC American Patriot Award in his office in Tallahassee. And I mentioned to him when we had that, the, those few moments with him, the, the guy, it just went, you walk into his office and he's sitting behind his desk and he's busy and he gets up, he poses for pictures, was very cordial, very kind. And I mentioned our Disney campaign. 
And he and he just kind of smiled when I told him about the numbers. But we wanted to recognize him for all that he's done on behalf of AMAC members in Florida. And who knows where this is going to lead potentially. But we thought it would be appropriate to give an American patriot like Ron DeSantis the American Patriot Award from AMAC. Yeah, that was a big moment. And a lot of people, great, there's some great video footage up on YouTube where it's really, a, really, a, well, it's a warm moment. And it's a celebration of something that I think beyond the citizen grassroots victories that were really scored in 2022, the rise of federalism, the rise of states' rights. There are these governors and attorneys generals now that are saying, we don't have to take this big Washington overreach. We can fight it in the courts. We can fight it with regulation and laws. We can fight it by activating our own citizens and getting what they want done. Ron DeSantis seems like the model for that, right? Florida has done so many things. They've when ESG came out, they were one of the first people to take their investments out of woke investment companies. They took on Disney, t- doing the unthinkable, taking away their special district status. There's a real revival of federalism. Does that excite people in AMAC to see states' rights being asserted against a big government and a big corporate America? Yes, it does. And it excites our membership. And we know this because of their response to our statewide calls to action. I mean, our members were were critical in getting election integrity legislation since 2021 passed in states like Michigan and Pennsylvania and Arizona, Texas, uh, Kentucky, Florida, and in other states. So they they, they are engaged and they know that that some of these battles are going to be fought at the state level and they are they're raring to go. Uh, They understand federalism. And they understand and and over and and again we're talking about one of the one of the uh, basic tenets you know original tenets in the formation of AMAC was the the uh, encroaching of uh, the federal government into our everyday lives. People are pushing back, and they know that that battle is going to be fought at the state level. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. As you go into the holidays now, and I know we're all starting to shift down and get ready to have a few days with our family and friends and loved ones. There's a great song, the grown up Christmas wish list, you know that everyone would like to have in their life. For the Christmas wish list for AMAC members, is there one thing that you hope next year when it's all said and done, you'll look back, we'll have this conversation next December and said, hey, we checked that one off the list. I, you know, there, there, there's so many, but we, we, would, we would love to follow through that, that FTC investigation with meaningful change, with meaningful reform, with transparency. You know, we've been fighting for hospital price transparency, uh, and, and this is this is prescription drug price transparency. You know, we, we started something in 2022. Uh, we are monitoring what the FTC is doing. We hope that their investigation has legs, and we're going to continue to follow it up, and we hope that it's concluded in 2023. We don't know, but that's something that we're close to. We feel that we're close to, and we hope that it's finished in 2023. A lot of progress. That was a big moment, and it's not easy to get the FTC and other people to do, agencies like this to do that. So when you've moved them as far as you have, good things are on the horizon. That's a pretty amazing thing. Real quickly, Andy, you have created such a great relationship with Justin News, the John Solomon Reports podcast, our TV show, Justin News, No Noise. I want to challenge everybody listening right now to take advantage of this because this is a very gracious offer. I'm an AMAC member. I took the five-year membership because that's the best deal you can get. AMAC has set up a very special way for you to join the AMAC Army to make your country better on a daily basis, make yourself better informed. And then on top of that, those are two things that are novel and noble already. You get lots of discounts and offers and travel offers that you can't get otherwise. So you save money, end up paying for your membership 10 times over. All you have to do to join this Army, if you've been inspired by what we've been talking about with Rebecca and Andy and Bobby and others this year, go to amac.us slash justnews, amac.us slash justnews. 
Go sign yourself up. It's going to pay for itself. You're going to feel like it's the best gift you gave yourself. And because you're still three days away from Christmas and you probably have some people left on your list, give the gift of an AMAC membership to someone else. It's so easy to do. And by using that URL, amac.us slash just news, you're going to get some discounts. You're going to save money, get a great deal on a membership. And then that membership is going to save your loved one, your friend, your family member, lots more money down the road. So go do that today. Let's put your muscle behind this incredible, great army of great Americans, patriots, who are trying to make their country better. Andy, I want to thank you so much for the partnership, for all the things we accomplished this year, and for all the great work that AMAC has done to give us a better country in the future. Uh, and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you, John. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. It's been my pleasure. It's been a great honor. We look forward to more in 2023. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up right after these commercial messages. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey, you only got a couple days left to get those holiday gifts. If you're struggling for one last thing, remember, you can do that AMAC membership and give it as a gift. I've given a couple. I love this idea. All you got to do is go to amac.us slash Just News. Remember that? amac.us, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. You'll get an amazing gift that will give one, two, three, or five years satisfaction to a loved one, a friend, a colleague. It's the best gift you can give for those who want to be informed and active citizens. And by the way, you're also going to get a lot of discounts. So take advantage of that. And remember, if you use the code Just News with Omaha Steaks, you're going to get 50% off the site plus $30 off your order. That's crazy. Go take advantage of that. It's amazing. The two last minute gift ideas for you if you're struggling to get that last few gifts on your list this holiday Christmas season. All right, folks, Merry Christmas. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z 
The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.